podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Rashford, he's in here. He scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. Thank you. And it's a lad from Manchester who scored. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mugger. I'm joined by two regulars. Michael, how's it going, mate? What's going on, man? What's going on? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I was going to take an attempt at describing what you look like, but I don't think I could do it justice. It's probably just uh, best to clip this up and put it on the Twitter. Um, how you doing, Sebi? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. good I, 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 you. you said two regulars. I ain't been quite regular, you know. I ain't been... Ain't been a regular for a while still. The people so. know who you are though. Regular in the sense that you're familiar to our listeners. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Cause like <laughs> if I leave, are the streets still gonna love me, man. I love the game. And we're joined by Alex Baz. How you doing, Alex? I'm alright, bro. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a year. Yeah, it's actually been a year since your your first ever pod appearance with your with yeah. your cousin. Lots yeah. happened then. He, he scored for West Ham. You, you continue to grow. You're still reloading it though. Happy Come to have on, you. Man. Always, always coming, bro. Happy Good. to be here. Happy Good. to be home. Yeah, thank you, brother. Um, just to start off, of course, as usual, I will plug our usual stuff. So our Discord. If you're not part of the Discord community, what are you doing? Uh, we we were there every match day. Every game, you've got myself, you've got Sebi. We're, we're collaborating with the other club pods, and we're just, as well as watching the game together and talking about the things we notice, we're just having a, a, a general football chat. And for, for those of you who've already been on Discord, you'll know what it's like. But for those of you who haven't, you're missing out. Uh, secondly, the YouTube. Uh, come on, the, the, the YouTube. Make it make sense, man. Um, 
you lo- love the content to so subscribe to the YouTube. We do our fight clubs on there. The club videos got gone then. You can actually see uh, all the other additional pods we do on there too. And um, finally, the Patreon put up a couple of pieces in the last week. We had a reaction to the win against AC Milan. And we had a preview of the Liverpool game, which didn't end up happening. Uh, still check it out because at some point we're going to play Liverpool. And what we'll actually try and do is find the Coppin guys and get them to participate in a fight club uh, as well. Um, so obviously uh, we didn't play Liverpool yesterday and we'll, we'll get onto that uh, later. But I just wanted to start and just uh, cover some of the news in the last week or so, guys. Uh, what I'll start mm. with is uh, Adinson Cavani, uh, a newly minted player of the month, uh, for April, has got five goals in four games. Uh, looks like he's going to be signing a contract extension. Uh, I'm going to come to you, Michael, just to get your Ooh. thoughts on uh, Cavani's time with us and, and your thoughts on the contract extension as well. I think he's been he's been a stopgap. I think, obviously, when he signed, no one expected someone at, what, 33 years of age to come and be a long-term sort of fix. It was very, definitely a stopgap, um, maybe to support sort of Marshall up top. And it's, it's been a blessing in disguise because obviously at the end of last season, Martial was on fire. And now if we didn't have Cavani, I think we'd be in a lot in a worse situation than we currently are in. And he's popped up with goals. Obviously, you mentioned in April, he's, he's been sort of on fire. Um, and I think it's good, especially for Mason Greenwood, to have someone there to look up to some a proven sort of European, well, at, at times world-level striker. He's, done, he's been there, done it all, played in the Champions League, played in the World Cup. Um, so it's, it's good to see him sort of passing on the knowledge to the younger guys. But 400,000, 400, is it 400,000 a week? Is that what you told me? Is that what my ears heard? I heard something like uh, 19 million a- across a year, including jeez, bonuses. Um, I've tried to get some confirmation before this, but the, no, the, figures, are, the figures being banded around are, are big figures. I think he's about, on about 200k uh, a week now. Um, so you've got 10 million, he's getting 10 million for this season. I don't imagine that doubling. So I'm imagining something, something, yeah, something, something in the region of 200k a week. He's eating, obviously. I know we got him on a free, so sometimes with that, you, you you don't obviously the agents for the players sort of use that as a bargaining tool to get more money for their Naturally. players. But... Don't you think that makes good value for money though? You, if somebody said to you at the start of the season, you'd get a Dinson Cavani, uh, 13 million all in wages and fee. Uh, he'd contribute, well, so far, 12 goals across our competitions. Some of them have been huge goals. Uh, the goals yeah, against Southampton, yeah. the goals yeah. against Tottenham, the goal against AC Milan last week. Um, yeah. And um, you were asked if that's a good deal or not. What, what would your what would your thought be? Decent, yeah. In, in today's market, obviously, 13 million for a striker, obviously, is, is, is almost unheard of. So decent. I think decent for what it was. I think it's a good fit for us. Whilst we're trying to look for, obviously, we know what the media reports are about a sort of solid, more longer term solution. So I think it was a good deal for both parties. He he gets to play in England, which he hasn't done before. He gets to play at. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. 
Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Dachau, the highest Premier League level. I can't say European level, but he gets to play at, <laughs> he gets to play at a, a high level. And because, um, you know, sometimes you get to 33 players go off to MLS, but I, I rate him for, you know, wanted to prolong his career within Europe and I respect that so mm. give him another year and unless unless the board can surprise us with with the big summer signing of a striker you know Harry Kane or or Holland but that remains to be seen yeah yeah um listen it's been quite a year for Cavani um he he, he had a, a ban due to uh, use of language which we will not repeat on this podcast uh, his dad also came out to, to to say that his son wanted to be closer to home he wanted to go and join Boca Juniors um, but it seems that with, with the world opening up he's had access to the butchers in Manchester and he's been able to get some of the finest meat that uh, the, the North has to offer and in that he, he's been uh, less homesick um, Seb, look, looking at Cavani's time um, holistically um, so not just on the pitch, off the field, what he potentially brings in terms of leadership and sort of mentorship for our younger attackers. Um, are you happy with the deal or, or, or what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I'm very happy with the deal. You know, Cavani is somebody that I wanted before he came. Um, you know, with 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 these signings, um, especially when you, you have a player coming to the tail end of their career, um, you have to tamper expectations. So... It's, yeah, half what you do on the field, but half what you can bring to the players. And I think just like his mentality um, uh, off the field and his experience in winning things and just, you know, the different facets he has to the game, like, you know, his movement and his header in and whatever, people like Greenwood, even like the young Gs like McNeil and Hugo that are coming up, they could learn from Cavani so much. Do you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, that's that's invaluable. And, um, you know, you've got to think about it. You've got players like Mata playing one game a season. And, he, you know, and he, he stayed he stayed here for the last two years. And he's just an ambassador writing his blog and stuff like that. But, <laughs> I, 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 you know what I'm saying? So, at least you, you have Cavani who can contribute in, in you know, in, in the toughest games. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm totally all for it. And, um, yeah, just hopefully he can teach some of the uh, young Gs a, a few lessons before he leaves. Cool, cool. Um, listen, the streets have been crying out for a Pogba Watch episode. Uh, myself and Ted said we haven't been able to quite find the time to do one yet. Uh, we'll probably try and get one done in the next week or so. Um, but off the back of a, a great win against AC Milan and, and, and a not-so-quiet match for our our man Paul, we thought we'd have a little conversation about how, how he's been doing this season generally. Um, let's call it left-wing jugador. So, obviously, Solskjaer has decided that his, his first-choice partnership uh, in the middle is Fred McTominay. So, to that end, uh, we've seen Paul Pogba use a lot more uh, on the left side of midfield, uh, similar to how he was used at Juventus at times, uh, similar even more so to how uh, Zidane was used at Real Madrid. Um, 
And it's actually led to probably, in my opinion, his best season for us. Um, so I want us to come to you, Alex, because you're a man who in the past has had your comments and had your detractions, Riyad Manpool, just to get your, your thoughts on, on, on his season, um, this left-wing role that he's made his own. And I guess um, after you discuss that, we'll, we'll discuss some comments from Mina Raiola too. Um, yeah, for me personally, uh, I just, I've never thought Pogba was not that like, good enough for, obviously, I, he's always, he's always been, the, for me, the best footballer, the best complete footballer at Man United since he arrived. But for me, it was just like, where can he play that he will play more than three or four games and he will be like decent, like six, seven out of 10. And he just won't be just existing. Because sometimes Paul Pogba in the middle of the pitch, oh God, we've all seen it. He's just there. He's just existing. He's just doing pirouettes, losing the ball, like lethargic. I know Sebi had an issue with um, Se- um with Pogba as well because he just sometimes he just feels like where's like where's the effort? You know, you know Sebi's a bit of a yerda, so he's like where's the where's the passion? Where's the but like Pogba wasn't giving. He wasn't giving that. Do you know what I'm saying? So like ever since he's gone this left wing juggernaut, as you call it, yeah, I can't lie to you. I'm, loving Pogba like I've been enjoying the way he plays even Bruno Fernandes yeah when Pogba missed the game Bruno was trying to do what Pogba does and I was thinking to myself bro bro this is years of dedication and to the hustle <laughs> this is years <laughs> of dedication to the hustle. you can't come here and try to do no funny Mickey Mouse stuff around there boy like nah so jokes aside like I'll be real I've I've been so impressed with Pogba he's he's opened he's opened he's taken away the deficit of Freddie McTominay and actually kind of used it to advantage so like yeah, because Fred can't play football, so there's that, and um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm just I've been so impressed with Pogba recently, personally. So yeah, yeah. So um, just to to list some of exploit his exploits recently, uh, scored goals against AC Milan and uh, Roma in the Europa League, assists against Spurs, Brighton, Granada, and Burnley, to name a few. Uh, and um, <clears throat> just off the back of that, uh, that great form he's had recently, Amino Raul has been talking about his contract situation because, as we all know, his contract expires next year. Uh, so this is what Mino Raul had to say. Pogba's interested in one thing, winning the Champions League and winning titles. And we're going to see where this is possible, if it is at United or at other clubs. Um, Sebi, um, what are your thoughts on, on Mino's comments, Re Pogba, and uh, as, as probably his biggest detractor uh on the Mugger team, uh, his form this season? Uh, yeah, in regards to Mino, I, I think it was more positive because uh, usually when he makes comments like that, it's like one way. It's like uh, Pogba's going, basically. But the fact that he added Manchester United, it makes it seem like, okay, they, they are willing to listen to the project, whereas before it seemed like they didn't even want to listen. They just want to go. Do you know what I'm saying? So now it looks like okay, they listen. They 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 actually uh, willing to listen. So whether that be the fact that it's COVID and nobody can afford him, or whether that be the fact that okay, United are trying to drop a plan and know that you know top players are no longer going to resign, or some top players are not going to come to Manchester United if uh, players like Pogba are not committing their long term future. So they've kind of you know drawn up uh, drawn out a plan. Um, either way, it, it, you know it, it's, it's it's positive. It's positive because for me, as I said, yeah, I've been one of Pogba's biggest detractors. But like his form this season has really has really highlighted the fact that I just don't think he he he's a number six. You know, I think you know you know when you get those type of players that are so good they can pretty much play anywhere. But I think Pogba is is so good and 
probably when he was younger, he played in midfield and he got away with a lot. Um, but as we've seen, like on the left wing, that's that's him. He's devastating there because he does minimal defensive work in regards to like tactical tactical position. Um, you know, having to cut spaces. There's none of that there. It's get the ball and let me ball out. Quick feet. Let me create something. Do you know what I'm saying? Let me cut in where you're more you're you're, you're more comfortable. So yeah, no, I, I kind of uh, I'm definitely rating his form. And um, that's kind of, even in that position, that's helped us out a bit, you know, because um, although I love Rashford in that position, I, I just feel like if you can get everybody on the pitch, yeah, and Rashford can at least take maybe three months off and get fit and come out next season and maybe start on the right and learn that position a bit more, that's pretty much your attack sorted because Pogba's shown that he can carry that attack. Um, uh, and Bruno obviously gets goals, and Rashford will get goals, and Cavani will get goals, and Greenwood will get goals. So, um, yeah, I'm just glad that we can fit everybody in the same team and Pogba's not in midfield. You make a, you make a good point, and I think uh, what Pogba's probably suffered from is um, a victim of his profile. So you see a, a six-foot-three athletic, um, let's, let's not mince our words here, black midfielder, and essentially they're going to put him somewhere where they want him to, to run and use his physical capabilities. Um, he's a technician, so you're not going to play him in centre-back. Um, so you, you, and you're not going to make him a, he's not a goal scorer, so you're not going to make him a target man. So you put him in central midfield. But Paul Pogba, at his essence, is a flair player. He's a player who wants to create, uh, either with his passing, one of the best passers in world football, or use his ability to carry the ball and, and beat players one-on-one. -on -one. And what he's been able to do on the left wing, like you mentioned, Steb, um, is just do that. Just do that. And a lot of the time he's been the, I know people like to use the technical leader, uh, I, I do air quotes there, but he's a player who is able to, in the tough instances, get his foot on the ball and essentially make things happen. And, and we've seen that result in match-winning performances for us as well. Moments against Fulham, moments against Aston Villa, where the team just wasn't playing well. Uh, and Paul's been able to kind of take the reins himself and, and make things happen. A lot more difficult to do when you're playing so far away from the goal. Uh, and you're concerned with actually progressing the ball up the field, then also trying to be the person that creates and links play. So I think with the kind of structure you've outlined and mentioned there, that if we were able to go with Bruno, Pogba and Rashford on the right, um, that would then give us, hopefully, free up more funds for us to, to improve that uh, double pivot of Fred and McTominay. I think just being able to improve Fred um, to just to a competent midfield player would do wonders for us. And if we're actually able to source a good to very good central midfielder to replace Fred, then yeah, that, that helps the team leaps and bounds. Um, Michael, uh, Seb made an interesting point there about uh, Rashford. A couple of points yeah. actually mentioned Rashford getting some rest um, because let's be honest, he, he's been playing injured for, for quite a while now. And um, I think it's affecting his performances very much. And um, he also mentioned him potentially developing his play on the right hand side of the attack. So uh, first I want you to get your thoughts. Uh, you don't have to use your medical license or anything. Just get your thoughts as a football fan. And then secondly, your thoughts on him developing on the right-hand side of the attack. I don't even know what condition he's meant to have. All I hear is foot injury. That that don't mean, as a medical person, that means nothing. Um, <laughs> but, um, and obviously I know he had these back problems last year. So it sounds like they just sort of give him, dosing him up with painkillers. He gets through a game. He's sore, he rests it for a bit, then dose him up again. That's just obviously that's just me 
reading through the lines. I ain't got no idea what condition he's got. But I think when there's opportunities to rest him and not play him, then that definitely should be utilised. For example... You're mute. You're mute, Michael. My bad, my bad. Yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, like, for example, opportunities where we can rest him, we should take advantage of that. For example, the game we've got coming up against Roma, the second leg. Uh, I know we're going to preview that, but most definitely that's not a game he should be involved in. He should even be in the squad, you know. So um, we should take opportunities to rest him and then they need to make a definitive plan in terms of when he's going to rest because obviously we've got the Euros coming up. Gareth Southgate's got to clearly want Rashford involved in, in, in these plans and obviously why not because he's such a good player. He's a match winner on his day. So in terms of that, that's where I'm a bit concerned because when is that rest going to come? Um, I don't know what the timelines are for next season, um, but what's, I don't know what the gap is going to be between the Euros and when the season starts. Is that enough time to rest and recuperate? Is he going to want a holiday? I think there's a couple of weeks, two, three weeks before it starts. Exactly. It's always, it's always a tight turnaround. And, you know, no no, no footballer's had a holiday in, in a couple of years now. Is he going to want a holi- what holiday? Like, depending on what the government sort of states. So as well as the physical side, there's the mental side as well. Um, in terms of him on the right, I don't really like it. I think he's more effective cutting in from the left. It's so interesting how the game's evolved. I, obviously, I blame Ribery and Robin for that, man. So when they started playing on the opposite wing and cutting in, since then, I don't like seeing wingers on their normal side. I like to see them cut in. So I think we we miss we miss that. We miss that direct running with Rash. We've seen it a few times when Pogba comes in and Rashford goes to the right to accommodate. We don't get the best out of Rashford, unfortunately. Maybe people will say he's a good player, he should be able to accommodate, but you don't... We're basically moving players around, our better players around, to accommodate our weaker players, which is crazy. But uh, that's what seems to be going on because they were playing two holding midfielders because, obviously, McTominay and Fred need to come as as a pair. They're conjoined twins. Um when, if we can, I think Seb mentioned, if we can get a competent and yourself a competent midfielder, then it should allow uh, Bruno, and I want to see Bruno and Pogba just playing eights. We saw De Bruyne and David Silva do it for a couple of seasons and win back-to-back titles. So if you have a good DM behind them, you can allow these flair players, these creative players to just go on the crate and you can leave Rashford on the, on the left and we'll see who comes in on the right. Interesting. Um, Seb, I'm going to come to you next just to piggyback on that Rashford on the right term. Obviously, you're you're our specialist, all things Marcus Rashford. Um, what are your thoughts on how he's performed in that role up until now? I think we've seen him. Um, did he score a hat-trick from the right-hand side? And he's played, I think, he's had standout performances on the right in Europe, a lot more so than the Prem. Um, but we've also seen him have fantastic moments uh, on the right too. I, I think I, see, I remember a goal... Um, that we, he created from the right-hand side where, was it against Bournemouth, where he absolutely massacred, uh, was it Nathan Ake? And then, Nathan and then, Ake, and, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then the centre-back. Um, but he was hooping off instinct for that goal. But yeah. um, what have you seen from him on the right? And what do you think that he potentially needs to develop for him to be what I call a modern forward, essentially? You're able to play across the front line. Put me on the right, calm. Put me on the left, calm. Up top, I'll even do a job for you. What do you think he needs to develop? I think uh, what it is, is like, I don't know if it's a modern forward, you know. I think it's more so of an old school, old school, old school player that can play on each side. Because what I realised and what I've seen um, over the years of 
you know, just playing football and just watching football, is there some players that prefer to come inside? It's just that they, it's, it's different. I don't even know how to explain it. It's like they just prefer to come inside and like dribble off the outside of their right foot or the outside of their left foot if they're, if they're, if they're left footed because it's easier to either get a shot off and it's just more comfortable to kind of dribble on that side. So I get why sometimes Rashford struggles. I think like his overall performance on the right hasn't been good. Um, I think, you know, out of it, say, if we're saying every five games, he might give you one good game on the right, in my opinion, and that's just not him. However, he's still young enough to kind of develop. I think sometimes when he simplifies it down the right and he doesn't try to do the same thing that he does on the left, he is much better because sometimes when he, you know, when he crosses it early or, as you said, hoops of instinct, I think he's much better on the right. But when he's kind of thinking and, you know, he's got a bit more time on the right, I think it kind of goes wrong. On top of that, though, I do have to, you know, add the caveat that he's been injured for two years or, do you know what I'm saying, or whatever, two seasons now. Um, so um, I need to see what he's like, you know, not injured. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, because even on the left, he's been good, but it's just been up and down. It's just it's just been up and down. Um, so yeah, I just uh, I I need to basically see him have a rest and then come back and then maybe simplify his game on the right. Or like Michael said, you know, we get a DM in, put Pogba eight, so he's still like middle wing ish. Do you know what I mean? He ain't doing too much. Um, and then bang Rashford on the left and do a four three three type of vibe. Um. But yeah, uh, yeah. I just think yeah. Overall, the performances on the right hasn't been haven't been too good. But I I, I think he's had an up and down season anyway, and he scored twenty goals. So uh, yeah, I just want to see him fully fit, and then we'll just go from there. Yeah, yeah. The the, the potential is is frightening with Marcus, and I'm just of the hope that th- this playing him with injuries um, doesn't end up impacting him long term you, you know when you're younger you can kind of pay through the pain a lot more but we, we've seen it rob years out of, of players before so yeah as much as sad to see um yesterday's game not happen um i'm wondering if ollie sh- will play him against ac with us having a four goal lead i'm hoping he doesn't and then he, he almost gets a 10 day rest in between games you know because essentially that's probably all, all he needs um but with that being said, let's talk about the, the big news. So uh, ahead of our game yesterday against Liverpool, thousands of United fans showed up at Old Trafford, essentially protesting the Glazers' ownership of the club. Um, listen, the, the relationship we've had with the Glazers has been contentious, even back to the times uh, when Fergie was here and we were winning titles. Um, it all stems really from the fact that all they've really done since they've taken ownership of this club is siphon money out of it in one way or another. They bought the club with about half a billion pounds worth of debt. Um, they've continued to take dividends. They have used the club. They haven't really used the club's money to to to. Uh, um, pay off that debt, so the debt is still about half a half a half a billion pounds. Um, and essentially, the fans are sick of it. Um, I, I'll come to you, Alex, because I, I did do a poll yesterday on the uh, Morgan uh, Twitter account, and about seventy eight percent of uh, our listeners said that they did support the protest, but twenty percent didn't. Um, what were your thoughts when you saw the protest and everything you've learned about it since? Um, when I saw the protest yesterday, I was a bit confused, but I wasn't confused because I thought, okay, is this about ESL 
or this is about glazers. Then listening, listening, listening. Listen, if you listen to Gary Neville for the rest of your life, you'll think anything that happens is about ESO, that mug. Yeah. Anyway, um, he's part of the reason why this happened in the first place because he was doing a call to arms on Sky Sports News like there was some terrorist attack coming on London, coming on English football, like it was a joke. So anyway, when I saw the when I saw the um the protest, I was like, yeah, all right, cool. I hear it. But obviously, running on the pitch and all that, like. I can't lie. The Glazers have taken up two point one billion pounds out of this club. That is crazy. Like, when I was reading some statistics today, I said we're the only club in the Premier League that paid dividends to the owners. We're the only club that actually haven't had any investment. Like they've put no money in. I don't think people get how crazy that is. <laughs> they've put no money in. So like all the money that were that they've taken is actually Man United's hard-earned cash. So like imagine if we had owners that actually spent the money we earned. Like, it's a mad. So we're actually working with a minus 10 already. So if everyone's at 100, we're working at like 80, sorry. Like, we're working at 80%. Like our owners are incompetent. We have people facilitating things for them. Um, in the media, we have people doing, like Gary Neville has started talking about Glazers now. Like, he's held his tongue for years. Now he's doing the bigger, mighty, bigger, mighty. There's more people like Gary. Like, there's people that could have done something like, all this, all this call to arms, like we needed that. We're actually being mugged off. Like our our, our team, we're working at a deficit twenty four seven. So like, all the figures I've learned and, and and everything since then, I've just actually been mind blown. I didn't actually know it was this bad. I didn't actually know to the extent which the Glazers were moving mad. But like when you look at our owners as well, everything they're doing, I can't lie to you, bro. Like it's it's proper 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 disheartening. But it explains a lot. It explains a lot of what has happened in the past. So, like, I'm I'm kind of like, okay, if they do end up selling, which I don't think they will, because why would you sell something that just it literally gives you money? Literally, it's like a cash point. Man United is a cash point for the Glazers. So, like, I don't understand why they would sell. But if they do sell and we have competent owners, boy, fair enough. But then again, I'm thinking... If we if they do so and we get like a Saudi Arabian tycoon, for example, all these fans complaining, oh, the money's the money's ruining the game. Are they going to complain still? Are they still going to have an issue? All these people running on the pitch. Um, you you raised some good points there, Alex. I'll kind of address them as, as my memory serves. You know, I'm getting old now. Um, so uh, the first thing you mentioned was re the European Super League. I think um that's been the genesis. I, I think fans have kind of had these mumblings and complaints, but uh, we talk about it all the time. But we've kind of just you just accept it, right? Um, and, and while the, the product on the pitch is not perfect, the owners aren't perfect, the players aren't perfect, the manager isn't perfect. It's almost like, well, they're not the only issue, but everything filters from the top down, right? It's a cascade. So if the ownership is not set up for the club to be operating at its best, how do you then expect the board to operate at its best? How do you then expect to have the best manager? How do you then expect to have the best players. It's not going to work in that regard. I think um, with the way the fans have taken back the game and do air quotes here, um, I think what it's done for a lot of people is kind of open their eyes. It's galvanised the people that actually, if we mobilise, if we make a big, um, big enough noise, people will actually listen to us and things will actually happen. To a certain extent, yes, um, but we also know there's limitations because uh, the, the way the European Super League was presented, it's a battle of uh, the fans versus the, 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 the greedy clubs, Manchester United, Van City, Real Madrid, etc. It was essentially those clubs versus the establishment, UEFA, Sky, BT, Comcast, etc., etc., etc. But the fans now understand that if they make enough noise, people will listen to them. So um, 
in that regard, it's very, it's very interesting. In terms of how they've kind of siphoned money out of the club up until now, I think it's disgraceful. And I think it's part of the reason why they'll never let go of the club. Because when you have an asset that's worth as much as Manchester United, you can essentially have that as leverage. And you could, they can essentially, can, they could go and borrow another 500 million and they'll be able to leverage that against the value of Manchester United Football Club. Like, and if they're, okay, I'm borrowing 500 million. And the worst case is worse. I have this asset worth two, three, four billion, which I can sell to give you your money back. Right. And this asset brings in X amount every single year. So I can pay your money back over 10, 15, 20 years plus interest, whatever the case may be. So um, I'm going to come across to you, Seb. Uh, and get your thoughts on the protest. Did you support it? Did you not support it? Uh, if so, why? If not, why not? I I, I supported the protest um, because, like, I just think you don't get anything done by being peaceful. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, how I look at it is you can say, oh, don't support the club, don't buy tickets or whatever, the majority of our revenue comes through commercial deals. We haven't had uh, uh, fans in the stadium for a year now. Yeah, so what were you going to do? Do another year? All they'll do is just take dividends at the club and support what they'll just do what they've done this year. So personally, yeah, like cool, hit them where the where 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 it hurts. But I don't think not turning up is going to solve it, especially with how many people want to go to Old Trafford. You're not going to be able to coordinate that many people not to turn up to the stadium. That's a fact. It's going to be bare. The stadium's going to be full regardless. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's out of the question. And how I look at it, it's like, all right, cool. There's been many peaceful things like people wore the scarves. They've they've gone there. They sat behind Fergie. They've they've created a new club. They've done all these things, and it's it's just not worked. So I think you have to get their attention. And whether that causes them to sell or whether that causes them to wake up and actually pay attention to the club, because it just looks like they've been running the club on autopilot. They've been letting Ed Woodward just run the club and it doesn't seem like they're making any executive decisions because in what walk of life are, is a CEO allowed to fill at one aspect of his job and maybe excel in, in one aspect? So I'm going to give Ed Woodward credit. He excels in commercial. He, is, he excels in the commercial aspect of the game, but he's failing in the football aspect of the game. You, that's a that's a five out of ten job. I, I I don't know in what world you get to keep your job after that. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't know. And maybe, I don't know, like, and maybe they're just not taking, maybe they don't understand the fans and maybe they didn't understand the culture or they don't care about the culture, but now they're going to be forced to wake up. And with the new CEO coming in, with uh, you know, this is going to be important now. So I think they've they've also put pressure on United to maybe you know really think about the CEO decision and really think about the structure and potentially even think about this coming transfer window because last season they gave us a next thing last last summer they done they done us dirty on undercover the, the bro they done us dirty. Do you know what I'm saying so. Maybe that protest is maybe putting some pressure and they're saying, you know what, we need to shut these guys up. Let's go in this summer. Do you know what I'm saying? So hopefully it's done a bit of that. But personally, I support it. Um, hope, hopefully nobody was hurt, but you never get anything done if you're trying to be peaceful. It doesn't work. You have to take back control somehow. Mm. 
Mm, mm. Um, Michael, I don't know if you wanted to add any any final thoughts on top of what Sebi and Alex have said. I think you guys summed up well. You got a, you know, you protest when you think there's an injustice, and um, and the protest if the people that you're protesting against like the conditions, then it's not really a protest. And um, it's just interesting to see the energy and what injustices people are willing to put energy into. That's that's it, really. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to 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 say any more than that. It's yeah. pretty obvious. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, despite everything that happened uh, yesterday, we are still a football club first and foremost, and we still do have games to win. Um, so, speaking of that, uh, looking ahead to Sun uh, Sunday, you know, Thursday's uh, second leg against AC Milan in the Europa Roma, League. Roma. <laughs> I'm all over the gaff, mate. Uh, Thursday, so <laughs> on Thursday, not Sunday, and we've already beat AC Milan. We're playing AS Roma. They lost yesterday, actually, two 0 to Sampdoria. Um, yeah, they lost two 0 to Sampdoria. Um, we beat them six two in the first leg. I said on last week's pod, we're in the finals. Like, so Oli's broken his hoodoo. Um, finally. Um, so I think that for me uh, raises some interesting questions in terms of the actual team we're going to go out with. Uh, Stevie was very much of the opinion that listen, it's a semi-final. You still have to show your opponents respect, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I was of the opinion some players haven't played enough, and I want to I want to see them play more. Essentially, um, uh, so um, between the four of us, I wanted us to discuss uh, the team we wanted to see for for Thursday and how we envision how we would envision that team negotiating the second leg of the tie. It's, it's always tough when. Um, you're through, but obviously you still got 90 minutes to play. And if they were to mm. score a dirty goal, it gets a bit, it gets mm. a bit squeaky bum it's time. Touchy, it, it, so let's let's get into it. So we'll start uh, in goal. Um, Who do you guys go with? Do you go with Henderson? Do you go with De Gea? And um, what are yeah. your thoughts? Let, let the get, rest, man. Yeah, let the Gea do his thing. Let He's been playing team. European games anyway, so mm. let him continue. I'm not trying to see De Gea in the Premier League, so yeah. Give it DDG. Uh, write that one, Basaka, because we ain't got nobody else. I'm not even going to ask <laughs> your opinion there. Um, what centre back? What centre back pairing would you guys go with? It has to be Lindelof and Maguire. Why does it have to be Lindelof and Maguire? Fam, who else is there though, bro? What are you gonna do? Buy fit. Why is there, bro? He's oh, is he, is he fit? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh yeah, right. if Bayer and Tunzabi are fit, because I thought they were both injured for some reason. Yeah, if they're, if they're fit, why not? Nah, they were both on the bench last week. They're available. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Then bang them in, man. Bang them in. Give it, give it, give it, give it the black boys, yeah. Give it the black, black boys. boys. Black boys. Yeah, 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 we are black boys. Cool. Um, <laughs> and then left back. Um, do we go with Alex Tellers? I think he's shit. I'll be honest. Yeah, he's shit, but, but give it Tellers. Give it Yeah, tellers. let Tellers do his thing, man. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, it's possible, yeah. isn't it? Give it's possible. Man. Give it Shaw. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. nah. Let's tellers, rest from Villa. Tellers, I promise you, sh- uh, Tellers is so shit. He's poor. He's poor. But, um, yeah, remember, okay, we'll give it Tellers. Cool. Um, what, what are we going with the midfield? Are we going with a double pivot? Are we going with a midfield three? What What would you guys' preference be? Um, like, Van der Beek and Mata. As two eights, in my opinion, mm-hmm. I'm going to value me come out as a two eights, and you're just gonna put Matic in there to struggle. Yeah, he's, nah, he's legs, yeah, nah, he's, he's legs. His knees I'm are already t- feeling it. <laughs> nah, yeah, no, I'm balance. Really don't pivot Matic and Van der Beek. Okay, I'd probably go Matic, Van der Beek, and, and McTominay. I need yeah, some leg. That's what I, was say. I need yeah, some leg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You need Scott in there, man. Yeah, yeah, man. That's, a, that's a problem, otherwise, Sebi. That's a big yeah, problem. Yeah, I'm trying to do a vibe stick, innit? I'm trying to do a yeah, vibe stick. Yeah, I, I saw you. I saw, I saw what you were trying to go with, but that's, that's almost too much vibe. We might lose 4 0, blood. 
Cool. Mm-hmm. We, 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 yeah, we'll say that, but you know, uh, it's a Italy athleticism uh, tax as well over there. Um, on the right, I, I need to see Ahmad. Like, Ahmad. I need to see. Why won't you let me see my son, Oli? Why won't you? <laughs> not let me see my son? That's, that's what you want to do. <laughs> weirdo, man. Got him playing He's in the under twenty threes. Yeah, yeah um, obviously scored against AC Milan. Um, and I think again, just like Pogba, like I mentioned his goals and he scored against Italian teams. I think that familiarity with the league and he has appearances in Syria and he has appearances in Europe. Give him a start on the right. Like, what do we what do we possibly have to lose being 4-0 up? Mm. He's still gonna play Dan James, but bro. <laughs> yeah. No, listen, listen. That's what I wanted for the other, that's what I wanted for the other other wing. Um, oh. so yeah, I want I want to go with Dan James on the on the other the side. Left, well, on the left wing. Yeah. yeah, that's his home. That's where he belongs. That's where he's best. He's not a good player, but if you want to get the best out of Dan James, um, it's on the left wing. Um, any and any he cut in? I don't even. I've never seen him cut in before. You just know? runs in a straight line, regardless. Oh. Right wing, left wing runs in a straight line, but he just yeah. seems more comfortable on the left, and he can kind of let's, let's run it. Yeah, up with his body up. Oh, the team actually feels a bit weak now. As, as I, it's a bit too. It's a bit too. It's a bit too dead. Yeah, it's a bit too dead. Um, let's let's tweak that a bit then. Um, Bruno's going to play. Um, probably, especially now we've had ten days rest. You're not gonna. You know what? He's probably gonna go. He's probably gonna go with his best team now. Now he's had a ten day rest. Yeah, he's probably gonna go with his best team. To be honest with you. And then um again a ten day rest for Cavani probably sticks Cavani up top as well. Um yeah. I, I see Cavani starting, yeah. I don't see May starting ahead of I him. would like Great Greenwood to start though. Mm, yeah, wow. he, he's hit double figures for the season finally and just see if he can get a few more. I think for him mm. at the end of the season, it's just trying to see if he can get fifteen goals or comps, really. It's a nice, it's a nice target for him. I think Mason lacks the end of the season, you know, because last season... Playoff Mace, like, boy. Yeah. It might, it might be Ramadan Mace. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see. <laughs> you know, they say Ramadan Ramsey, he did it he did it for, for one season and we never saw it again. So yeah, be careful you when you're giving our boy... Be careful when you're giving our boy those nicknames, yeah? So <laughs> I, I think, honestly, he'll probably go with his strongest side. I think we might see Van Der Beek come in. Um, yeah, we might see Van der Beek come in because he, he needs the minutes. I think they were saying that some of the fans yesterday got more minutes on the pitch than Van der Beek. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that uh, I think he could give... He loves Harry Maguire, um, but I think I wouldn't mind him giving Maguire a rest, uh, get Eric Bailly in there after signing his new contract and also get Luke Shaw, our player of the year, uh, a rest as well. Uh, bringing Alex Tellez. He's uh, player of the year. For me, he is. Um, I'd say he's probably been the most consistent the whole way through. Um, yeah. I don't know, Seb, is there any players that you, you may want to add to the team um, that uh, I've mentioned? No? I'd, I'd, I'd like uh, Shortiria uh, um, to... Little, cheeky little cameo, yeah? Yeah, that Shortiria to get a young cameo. Mm. Um... So basically, if we if we go up like say like two 0 early, then just bring on the YGs, man. Bring on Shorty Rare, bring on um who else, man? Hannibal, Me- yeah, Men- yeah, Hannibal Mejbri, yeah, yeah. And I don't know, man. A cheeky call up for you know Hugo. Bring them on, <laughs> you know what I mean, bro. Bring on the YGs, bro. Bring on the YGs and tell them express themselves, man. Express yourself, lads. Express yourself. Yeah, express I, listen. That that that's the, the, that sickle, the Roman manager, and that flat cap. 
I was I was seething for two yeah, days after sick, my hands, my hands head, were shaking. Yeah. Listen, man, you, <laughs> you dress like that. You come to Old Trafford, you dress like that. You're holding six, big man. Like the minute, that, <laughs> yeah. the minute that he had to switch keepers, the flat cap should have come off, and he should have got yeah. real serious. Like this is serious business. <laughs> it's a serious business now, and he didn't. So you hold a slapping, man. Yeah, it's like Nagel's man, isn't it? When he came, hey, man, yeah. man, 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 mind how you dress, man. In the second, man, man try to treat Old Trafford like Manchester Fashion Week. Don't exactly, trust. exactly, exactly, exactly. Trust. So, yeah. Um, we'll have conversations in subsequent weeks. So in terms of Oli's season, but you know, a Europa League semi final, a uh, Europa League final, should I say? We're not sure who we're gonna play yet. Um, out of Villarreal and Arsenal, uh, looking like a top two, top three finish for this season. Um, he's done well. But with that, let's get on to some listeners' questions. Uh, first one, funnily enough, is actually in regards to um, Oli. This is from a uh, friend of the pod, Danny. If Poch flops the Deliveroo and Oli wins the Euro Disney Cup and Pogba signs a new contract, stating Oli is the reason, we saying sorry. No. Sorry for what? Obviously, he's, he's he's much maligned on this podcast, and no. there's a, definitely a section of this fan base. Um, so you're not saying sorry, Alex? No, I'm not saying sorry because no, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, how, how about you, Michael? And what what are we meant to be saying sorry for to Ollie? Because like. he because he's, he's done well, and obviously, oh no. To be fair, I would say not the delivery. Mm, I would say you know what he's he's definitely beat expectations because at the start of the season on the pod, the majority didn't think he would get top four. So, I mean, you say that, but when we had a, a pod where we did the points for the whole season, you guys predicted like 74 points. So, mm. you know, he's, he's doing what's expected according yeah. to you, not? Yeah, yeah, in terms of 74 points, yeah. But I think there was, um, there was a feeling initially, obviously, I think that the feeling became before we did the points calculation, isn't it? Mm. Um, but in a sense, he's doing okay. He's doing okay. I can't. I can't come with the vim. I don't think it's hard for anyone to come with the vim in terms of Oli out. I think the next step is you give him the summer because he deserves it. Can he take us to challenge him for the title? Because that's what we want to see. There's no point being second and being 10 points off. Can you? Are we going to be in a competitive title race? That's the step we want to see. And if he can take us there, then give him the time. If it shows next season that he's not got the capability, he's not got the facilities for that, then, yeah, <laughs> we can start looking elsewhere, innit? Only should apologize to me. I was, I was out of sight in 21 and 21. Well, <laughs> I, I had faith. I, I thought you could win the thing. So I'm apologizing. He had you looking crazy in these streets, yeah? Crazy. Um, I got another question from Steve Givens, 2307. It's Ollie related again. Uh, why does everyone give Ollie so much negative energy when he's brought us out of the mess that was made before him? He's two starting players away from competing against City, which is the best team in the world. He's also beaten them this year. Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. What are your thoughts, Seb, on that question? Um, I think what we I think what we're doing is um I, I definitely feel that Oli's time at United has been underrated. Um, but I think he also hasn't helped himself. There's been a lot of mistakes. But what we have to do is look at the whole nine years post-Fergie holistically and look at the bullshit before Oli. So, you know, when I look at fucking Moise's time, that was a fucking mess. That was an absolute disgusting mess. He inherited a title-winning team and he fucked it all up. Then I look at Louis van Gaal's time. That was the worst ever football I've ever seen Man United play. We was trying to win games 1-0 
after like we're trying to win games one nil, but we'd only start playing when it got to the 85th minute. So we'll try to score one goal in five minutes and win the game one nil. We'll pass the ball until 80 minutes and then cross it bare times. And then I look at Mourinho. First season was okay. You have the hyper Mourinho, but you know, with Jose, everything goes horribly downhill. So, you know, when I look at everything holistically, I think Oli has done really, really well. Um, you know, he stabilised the team. Um, uh, so I can't really, really, really complain, but it's about where you want to be. So I get why Oli gets the stick because now they're like, okay, I think people don't acknowledge he stabilised the team, but I think people also conflate what they want to be with everything that's happened. We have to realise this is a process, isn't it? You, you, you can't just go from level 10 to level one. You know what I mean? You have to be go bit by bit. You just can't get better one time. You have to be going bit stage by stage by stage by stage. And um I think now we're at the best stage for we're at the we're at the best stage we've we've been post Fergie. And it's either but get Ollie his players. Yeah. So get every get him the players he wants and let him fail on his own accord or go bring in a world-class coach because right now we're stabilised. Um, and I definitely feel like he deserves a bit more respect for that. So just to answer the question, I just think like everybody's conflating the, la- the last nine years with the fact that we're tired, that we haven't won the title and we're just tired of everything. And that's why Oli gets a stick. But when we look at Oli's time, he's done some really, really sick things and we've picked up some sick results that we haven't previously. So yeah, he's got my respect. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, next question is from Jack and Max. If you could only trade instead of transfer NBA style, who would you get trade? Who would you trade away to bring in our main targets this summer? Realistic offers only. Um, I'll start. Bruno Fernandez is on the trade block. If I am the GM of Manchester United, Bruno Fernandez is on the trade block, and I don't think his stock is any higher than it would currently be. He, he's put down ridiculous numbers in terms of goals and assists from midfield, <clears throat> half of them being penalties, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but I think with him, he's essentially what you call in other sports, like a max contract player. So like one of the stars of your team who's on that chewing up bear of your salary. So you can use a max contract player and trade him away for another max contract player or what you can do is trade a max contract player away for two like solid, solid contributors. Um, for me, um, if I was to trade Bruno away, I'd probably trade him away for two solid contributors. I think what would happen if Bruno left is I'd move Pogba into being our most further forward, most midfielder. Um, I think he he while he doesn't put up the goal stats that Bruno does, I think the team's ability to keep the ball, his match winning ability, and just the conduciveness of the team when Pogba is in that kind of, uh, not necessarily quarterback, but when he's kind of leading the attack is much better than what we get from Bruno, which is kind of um, sledgehammer. I keep trying things until it works and and then it eventually works. Um, And I'd probably trade Bruno for uh, Basuma and Rafinha. I think those are two solid players that with with a Bruno on a max um uh, uh, we'd be able to we'd be able to get in we'd we need a third team there because we're signing two players from two different teams but that's for my guys in the back room to work on um so i think then then you've got a a a, a wide men of Rashford and Rafinha you've got your striking options of Cavani Greenwood and <clears throat> Martial uh, you've got midfield options of Pogba Basuma 
Fred, McTominay, um, whoever else you want to mention. And I think that that those two players get us closer to City. They don't necessarily take us over the edge, but that's where you look at your star players to then give you a bit more. Um, um, what thoughts do you guys have in this regard? I, I like, totally agree. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I think Bruno is, as you say, a, a player with a lot of value. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's a player with a lot of value. And um, if you're going to pick someone to that needs to, to put on the chopping board, it would it would be him that has value, but you're willing to let go. Definitely would keep Popper. You know, well, I, I, well, we're not trading Martial, guys. His stock will be high. Well, no, it won't. It's oh, interesting. Martial also has GM. I'd want to get rid of him. Okay, yeah. he definitely, he's not. He's not a max level player. I think he's probably what you'd probably consider him as like a, a first team level player who's coming mm. off the back of a bad season. So what the market would dictate is that either you're not going to get very much for him. You may have to like pick up a, a young gunner and then like get the money off your 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 books, or there's another team out there that has faith that Martial can be a top top guy. What do you not think is the state of his reputation in world football at this moment in time? We didn't even mention his partner mentioned his dream is to play for Real Madrid. I hope that happens soon. What a sicko! Do you know when people's partners say that? Yeah. It's like I know they've had that conversation in the house. Mm. He may not have told her to say it or whatever, but in his head, he probably thinks he can play for Real Madrid. They've had that conversation in it, and that's why she yeah, felt probably. brave enough to say that. She had, she felt brave yeah. enough to say that. But my yeah, thing is, talk. yeah, bro. My thing is on Martial is um, I think there'll be clubs trying trying their luck this season, uh, this summer, uh, because what they'll think is. I think they'll think that they can get the best out of him. And they'll be like, okay, um, yeah, like he's had a poor season. Let's try our luck. And for that reason, I think we'll get shit offers. And that's why he will stay. But, you know, really and truly, Martial's like a 50, 60 million pound player. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we could sell him for 60 million pound. If, if, I, if you know, if I was, you know, head of transfers or if someone smart was a head of transfers for United, I'll be packaging Martial for Sancho, ASAP. Yeah. What are you adding it. on to that though? What are you adding on to that? To Not adding that nothing. Sancho's on it. Sancho's got two more years left, or a year left, or whatever. Um, he's, you know, and also Dortmund have a possibility of not uh, qualifying for the CO. They don't yeah. qualify for the CO. I'm giving them Martial as a straight swap. Max yeah. I'm adding is maybe 15 million or whatever. I think you've got to put some money in there as well because they're having to take on that bloated contract he's on too. Yeah, mm. uh, cool. I, I say Max, I, I'm offering, I'm offering 15 million, but I think he then goes and bangs at Dortmund, and I think yeah. they would know. Germany, that. yeah, yeah. I think yeah. they, I think they would be confident of him banging at Dortmund. So I think that's a deal that could be done. Um, but again, United are not that savvy, so. Yeah. That would that, be a good deal, you know. You know, like, hearing, hearing, hearing that now, that actually be a good deal because she's see Martial. Yeah, I think it's only in England, yeah, that we rub out guys this much, like to the point where they're like nothing. Like you can have one bad season in England, you're nothing. Like you're a nothing guy. So like I feel like across the globe and in Europe, they still rate my man. They still like people would still pay a pretty penny for Martial, in my opinion. Like he's young, he's black, he's fit. That like, good in it. He's good to go. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be, it'd oh, be no, I love Alex. Yeah, for football running under a sort of franchise model, which people suggest the European Super League were trying to bring in, uh, would be interesting because you can't just go out there and spend your money willy nilly. You have to build build teams. You have to develop talent. Um, you have to find suckers at times, or you have to find gems, and you know. Trade high, sell low, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Sell low, trade high, all that kind of stuff. So uh, that was a great question, um, Jack and Max. Thank you for that one. Uh, got a question from Vikash Patel ninety four. Shout out Vikash. He listens to every single pod. Always got something to say. Appreciate your support, bro. Uh, I'm not sure I see you on the Discord though. So um, if you ain't on the Discord, come on, man. Do do the right thing. Bro. <laughs> um, what would Ollie have to achieve for the podcast to be renamed from Make United Great Again to Made United Great Again? Jeez. He would have to win the league. Mm-hmm. Treble team. Nah, literally, win the league, get far in the Champions League, um, win a domestic cup. Just win the league for me, to be honest. Win the league. I don't care about domestic cup. I Just win the league for me. I want that trouble. <laughs> I know you do, but what what yeah. I want is ah, sorry, sorry. I want to. <laughs> no, it's fine. I asked your opinion. No need to apologize. No need to apologize. Um, well, I want him to win the league, but also within that, I would not want us to be a kind of flash in the pan league winner. I'd want him to have put in the steps for a, a future dynasty, a future team that's able to compete at the top. Um, t- top two, top three teams. Um, that would be me for me making United great again. The state of the league now is that every season, probably three or four teams can win it. Um, well, say one or two, City and Liverpool. Um, but if you're looking at um, Chelsea under Tuchel and potentially us entering that mix as well, talking about three to four teams, we can win it every season. So us winning it and being in the mix of those great teams in the league, I think would be made United great again. Um, except we're never going to have the time we had from under Fergie ever again. That's never, ever, 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 ever happening again. But being able to complete at that highest table and being able to go deep into European competition, see your club win the biggest, compete in the biggest games, win the biggest trophies, um, that would that would be enough for me. I mean, I guess um, it, 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 it waits to be seen if Oli's able to do that. Um, but yeah, that's what it would take for us, Vikash. Um, got a question from X1P online. X1P online. Following all the protests towards the Glazer, how many of these fans do you think would be absolutely fine if it were bought by the Saudi royal family and had huge investment? Um, I'll ask uh, you, Michael. What, what are your thoughts on this question? Look, if if, if uh, one of them guys from over there comes with their good oil money and start pumping money into the club, I think... No one's going to bat an eyelid, man. Everyone's going to be jubilating. Everyone's going to be celebrating. Everyone's going to say, this is this is the football they want to talk about. This is the fo- This is why they love the beautiful game. <laughs> they'll, be they'll be dropping them, dre- them gems. Come off it. Look, and I think what makes it more poisonous or difficult for United fans is that across across the city, we've got we've got owners who who are willing to put the money in, who are pumping money in. You know, the same way they pump that oil, they're pumping that money in. And we're we're sitting on our side, seeing seeing them just overtake us and feeling stuck that we can't do nothing about it. So most definitely if if, if the Glazers were to sell and they're gonna to sell to someone with that's willing to spend, I think the fans will all be for it. Listen, at the end of the day, people just want their team to compete, right? Um as much as you mentioned that the, the Sheikh Mansour and um investing in um, the city team. He's also invested in the community too. Uh, it's not too dissimilar from what Roman Abramovich has done. Um, essentially, fans want an owner who's essentially a steward for them, 
loves the club, will advocate for the club, wants to um, wants to see wants to see the club do well. Um, so yeah, the fans would support it. I think there's a hypocrisy, isn't it? Because then people will talk about um, the soul of the club and selling out to oil money, but yeah. people essentially just want to be able to brag to their friends about their club and the players they have, and they want to be able to enjoy enjoy watching their team week in week out. And no matter how that comes about, if they're being honest with themselves, they don't really care. Mm. That's, what um, talking, that's what I was talking about earlier. All these mm. protests, like, are they going to actually care, man? We've got a club across the or across the lane, yeah, that they're finding, they're creating ways to pump money in. These mm. are creating ways to take money out. I, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're on the fly. Yeah, come on, man. As soon as you get an owner that cares, you're going to, bro, you'll be happy, man. Mm. That's what they want, really. I, I think if you ask them, they wouldn't disagree, though. If you, you tell them, oh, we'll get you a, a Russian oligarch um, and how he made his money through XYZ, but... He will be invested in your club. He will want to see you have the best players. He will want you to see you have the best training set up, the best board, the best recruitment. Um, will you take that? I don't think you'll find many fans who say who say no to that. Cool. Um, that's the last question. I don't know if any of you guys have any final thoughts. Sebi, Michael, Alex. Just Tw- twenty-one and twenty-two. We move. <laughs> <laughs> we move. We start it now. We move. We move. We start it now. Still. Okay. So today is the third of May, twenty twenty-one. Uh, we'll we we'll revisit this at some um, point in the future. Uh, we we'll move. Sebi. We move. Sebi's been that an been an oracle, uh, or he's just done done flying off the handle, uh, Western Western movie style. So I want to thank you all for your time uh, this afternoon slash evening. Alex, Michael, Sebi, always good to have you guys on. Um, Peace. Peace. Easy. Rashford, he's in here. He scores. Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scores. Only chance in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Sports Social Podcast Network.